You're listening to episode 60 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about what makes weight loss hard so that we can figure out how to make it easy. I'm master at life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. This week, we are going to talk about how to make weight loss easy. Now, I know some of you probably want to punch me in the face when I talk about weight loss being easy, because I really struggled with weight loss for a long time. I struggled to lose the weight, and then I struggled to keep it off. And I lived in a lot of fear around being able to maintain the weight loss. And I was reminded of this past weekend when I was talking with a friend about my process and what I do and how I work with clients. And I was telling her that one of the key things is we need to make sure that the process and what you're doing feels fun and easy and doable. And she looked at me as if I had seven heads. And she even laughed when I said, we can make it fun. And she's like, yeah, I doubt that. And that's typically how we think about weight loss is like, it's not going to be easy. It sure as hell is not going to be fun. And that's what I am on a mission to change is to help people to see that it can be easy and that it doesn't have to be this arduous, dreadful task that we make it out to be. If we want to talk about how to make it easy, we also have to take a look at how we make it hard and how we make it harder on ourselves than it needs to be. And we overcomplicate things. But the three areas that we want to look at is your process. So the rules that you try to follow. Number two is your thoughts. And these are your thoughts about your ability to lose weight as a whole your thoughts about what's required to lose weight, what you have to sacrifice and give up, your thoughts about the results that you're seeing, your thoughts about what diets work and what don't, expectations around what kind of results you should be seeing. So we want to be aware of what we're thinking. And then our emotions, because the emotions are truly what's driving our action or inaction. And so often we can get frustrated and feel like we're not seeing the results that we want in weight loss or in any area of life. But even with weight loss, like if we're not seeing the results that we want and then we think, screw it, and we go and eat in order to feel better because we're not getting the results that we want. Now we continue to not get the results that we want. We only take ourselves further away from the goal that we have. And ultimately, it's because we're often not solving for the right problem. Okay, but for right now, we're just going to put emotional eating to the side because we all know that's something we do where we can work on that. But let's just look at the pure aspect of weight loss, how we make it hard. Your process is often trying to do it the right way. So hard looks like massively restricting how much you can eat, cutting out foods that you love, cutting out entire food groups, saying no to social events or activities where you don't think you'll be able to control yourself around food or you don't want to have to watch other people eat and enjoy themselves while you're not eating and not enjoying yourself. And so ultimately what happens is we allow our diet to control our social lives. And this stems from very clear rules as to what food is good and what food is bad. So we moralize food. A hard process means that there are hard lines about this food is good, this food is safe, we can eat this food, but this other food over here is bad. It's off limits. We shouldn't eat it. 
It might even sound like, let's empty calories, right? We might have these ideas. Maybe it isn't quite bad, but it still has this connotation of it's not that nutritious. It's not that good for us, but it tastes good and you like it and you want to eat it. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem was that we've moralized it and now we are moralizing ourselves and we feel like shit when we eat it physically or emotionally, because we're beating ourselves up. We get this temporary relief and we enjoy it, but then we even feel bad for enjoying it. So we have to look at what kind of process are we trying to follow? Are we trying to cut out carbs and you love bread? Are you trying to cut out all sugar and all sweets? And really, you love eating sweets and you would like to create a healthy relationship with it. Or maybe you're trying to go vegan and you really love meat. <laughs> like We want to just be really honest with ourselves. What makes things hard is making these big sweeping changes. We're taking diet actions, not lifestyle actions. That's a big indicator. So if we follow this principle of what can you do for the rest of your life without hating your life and give some experimentation here, there might be times where maybe you take a break from certain things. If in your body, you just feel better this way, by all means, go ahead and try it. But we want to look at long term what feels sustainable. What feels doable? Not just what am I going to do on my diet so that I can lose the weight? Let me make these big changes. Let me cut out all these things that I love. And eventually I'll go back to eating them. But I can't right now, not while I'm losing weight. And it's such an oxymoron. Because if we think that we can lose weight by not eating certain foods, but that at some point in the future we can go back to eating those foods, we are lying to ourselves. It's a complete facade. Because you never learn how to create a healthy relationship with that food. All you know is how to restrict it. So then naturally what you're going to do is binge and overeat when it comes back into your life. Because we don't have a healthy relationship with food, it makes it so much harder to eat in moderation because we have this diet trauma that looms over our heads of, well, when's it going to get taken away again? And this is a bad food and I probably shouldn't be eating this. Or it's a, thank goodness, I lost all my weight and now I can actually go back to eating all the foods that I want. But we haven't actually learned how to eat it in a healthier fashion. We haven't changed the emotional eating. We haven't stopped the overeating or eating when we weren't truly hungry. So we aren't actually solving and learning and teaching ourselves how to eat foods in a healthy, reasonable way. We just expect that we can cut it out and magically go back to now all of a sudden it's good again. That never works for us. This is why you gain the weight back. This is why this process does not work. And this is how we make it harder on ourselves than it needs to be. I had a client who was asking me about her lunch and, and I was like, tell me about it. What do you typically eat? And she's like, right now I'm eating a protein bar. And she was asking me about this particular brand. And I was like, yeah, that brand is totally fine if you want to eat a protein bar. But let me ask you this. Do you plan on eating protein bars for lunch 70, 80 percent of the time after you've lost the weight? Because if you do, that's 100 percent OK. And she was like, no, <laughs> no, I do not want to be eating protein bars for lunch for the rest of my life. And I was like, OK. Great. You need to start planning real food then. We need to stop thinking that we can just do a shake for breakfast and a bar for lunch and have a sensible dinner and have that be good enough if that is not how you want to live the rest of your life. And by the rest of your life, I'm meaning 80 to 90 percent, because if that's how you lose the weight, that's what you're going to need to do in order to keep the weight off. So we really want to be aware of these big sweeping changes. Is this sustainable? 
For some of you, it will be. For some of you, you have health conditions and very motivating factors as to why you want to maintain this lifestyle, even if it feels like you're making some big changes all at once. But to get our brains and our bodies on board, we're going to want to do small, simple steps. And that's often how we make it harder by telling ourselves that small steps aren't good enough. And that's where, again, we are overcomplicating it. We are getting in our own way. Of course, when weight loss feels like a mystery or a miracle, when it feels elusive, it's very hard to get our brains on board with the process being easy because when we've struggled with it for so long, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that it could be easy. It doesn't make sense that it could be fun. That just sounds like a complete oxymoron for a lot of people. So I totally get it. And if you're used to being able to make some small, subtle tweaks, some small changes to just eat a little bit healthier, eat a little bit better, and you're now not seeing the same results that you used to get, it can feel frustrating because it's like this used to work and now it's not working. Now we want to start to get into what else is driving the ship. Okay, so we can look at the process and how we make the process hard. And it's often by moralizing food, food being good or bad or off limits. It's making these big sweeping changes. It's having these diet rules from other people that are literally just keeping you locked in diet jail. But then it's also your thoughts. So we make the process much harder than it needs to be with how we're thinking about it. And there are a couple of key thoughts that I pulled out that many of us have said to ourselves that many of us struggle with. And the first one is I should be further along by now. And it has this subtle undertone of it's taking too long. That's essentially what's going on here is I should be further along by now. I should have lost all my weight by now. I shouldn't be here. And anytime we say should, we are simply arguing with reality. And just know I do this too. (laughs) I catch myself saying should. I'm like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) But this is happening. Anytime we say should, we are arguing with what is reality. And whenever we have an expectation of where we should be, and it is different from where we are currently, that gap leads to frustration. So the wider the gap, the bigger the gap, the bigger the frustration. We just want to be aware of how we are creating our own emotions. We are creating our own process of being hard. This is how we get in our own way with how we're thinking about things. So this thought of I should be further along by now. And I've had some clients who have had subtle thoughts of like, oh, my weight loss is going really slowly or yes, I'm losing weight, but it's very slow. And they try to talk themselves into being okay with it taking a long time or being okay with it being really slow weight loss instead of changing that story altogether. So it's like, all right, I know it's slow. I know this sucks. I'm trying to be okay with this really sucky thing right now of weight loss being slow. And we just need to change the story. We need to stop telling ourselves that it's slow, okay, because half a pound per week is not slow. It's normal. One pound per week is not slow. It's normal. It's sustainable. Ten pounds in three months is not slow. It's normal, okay, especially if your goal is to actually keep the weight off for life. The problem here is that we hear and see success stories, I'm putting those in quotes, Because we don't always know the details, but we see these, quote, success stories, or we might even have past experience ourselves of dropping 10 pounds in one month instead of 10 pounds in three months. And the key question is, but did the weight stay off? Did you actually keep the weight off? We don't know. 
<laughs> a lot of times we don't. I don't remember the data on it now, but I thought it was something like 96% of diets fail. It was something like 80% of people will regain their weight within a year and 96 within two years. A very high amount of people will regain that weight. It is very small, the number of people who actually lose the weight and can keep it off long term, like forever. And there's a lot of data and science that supports this as well. When they look at five to 10 years out, there are a, a lot of people who keep the same habits. They still eat the same number of calories. They still exercise the same amount. But yet over five years, they are gaining weight back. Okay, so we just want to be aware of what our expectations are. And this one of I should be further along by now, or it's taking too long, this is happening too slowly, we slow down our weight loss process is essentially what's happening. It creates a sense of frustration. And what kind of action do we take when we're frustrated? Typically not positive action. It's typically not useful and helpful action. When we think it's taking too long, what do we feel? Frustrated, disappointed, discouraged. And then again, what kind of action are we taking? Not helpful or useful. And we create a process where our weight loss takes a long time. This is how we make weight loss harder, is by how we're thinking about it. Another thought that I wanted to pull out and highlight here is this thought of something has gone wrong. Just because you may have lost 10 pounds last month doesn't mean that you are entitled to lose 10 pounds again this month. And I think this comes because we don't have a clear sense of how weight loss works in the body, about what that actually entails and what it means. We don't understand biology. That's okay. It's just what we've learned and what we've picked up from the diet industry and from a lot of different marketing. If there's no blame or judgment here. We just want to be realistic. Nothing has gone wrong if you lose five pounds in one month and then you maintain the next month. Or if you lose 10 pounds one month and then the next month maybe you lose three, right? That's not a problem. The reality is you likely are not going to lose 10 pounds every single month. I have some clients who lose 10 pounds in a month and then they might lose five and then they lose 10 again and then they lose five and they're still constantly losing weight, but it's not the same amount every month. I have one where he lost 10 pounds and then the next month it was, I think, five and then the next month was four and he really only had 20 pounds to lose. So he's making great progress. He's basically hit his goal. But his thought was, I should be able to do this in two months. If I lost 10 pounds the first month, I should be able to do the exact same amount that next month. And if I don't, well, now something has gone wrong. The result is you make yourself wrong. You make the process wrong. You make yourself wrong. And then the third one that I want to touch on here is this thought around, I have to be perfect or I have to do it perfectly. I'm talking to all my fellow perfectionists out there because I still can get caught up in this too of this all or nothing thinking, screw it, I already blew it today, I already blew it this week, I'll start over on Monday, I'll start over next week, it's fine, I'll try harder tomorrow, tomorrow I can be perfect. Go back and listen to episode number four if you need a refresher. <laughs> we really need to bust through these perfectionist fantasies. Here's the thing, weight loss does not require perfection. It doesn't. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do it perfectly. You just have to get started and you have to be focused on the right things. I think this is one of the biggest things is that some of the clients that have come to me recently were focusing on small, simple steps. They just weren't focusing on the right steps. They were focusing on the wrong pieces. 
So they were trying to take it step by step, but they weren't seeing the results that they wanted because they weren't focused on the right pieces. That's okay. That's what I'm here for is to help guide you through making sure that you are spending time on the right things. Okay, but again, we don't have to be perfect. We just want to keep getting better and better every single day. We want to look at how can I get 1% better? What's one thing that I can do better today than I did yesterday? That's what we want to be focused on. Also know that I have lost weight and maintained my weight even though there are still times when I overeat, even though there are still times when I emotionally eat. It's okay. It happens. It does not mean that you are destined for failure. The key is you have to learn how to assess with curiosity and compassion, and you have to start to spot and recognize your patterns. You have to start to look for your thoughts and recognize when they come in or look for those trigger emotions and be aware of them. We want to recognize what's going on, and we have to be open and willing to trying new things. We have to be open and willing to changing. Even if these are things that you have thought for a very long time, we just have to be willing to try something new, to try something a little different. So we have your process, we have your thoughts, and then we have emotions. So trying to lose weight because you don't like yourself is the number one recipe for disaster. Because you think that you'll be happier or better once you lose the weight. And it's this constant over there is better, but over here sucks. Ultimately, that's what we're doing. We think, I don't like who I am today, but once I lose the weight, well, that version of me is going to be better. So I'll like myself then. Other people will like me more then. What we end up doing is living our life with a lot of shame, guilt, judgment, and inadequacy, just to name a few. (laughs) Among others, frustration, anger, disappointment, self-loathing. It's very hard to shame yourself skinny and stay there. It's very hard to hate yourself thin and keep the weight off. It's miserable. So we have to be aware of the emotion that is driving your action. Because if you keep trying to lose weight from a place of not liking yourself, you're going to drop 20, 30, 50, 60 pounds, however much you want to lose. You're going to drop that weight and you still will not like yourself. Because weight loss does not help. Despite what the diet industry has us thinking, weight loss will not make you like yourself more. Weight loss is not going to change the self-criticism. It's not going to change the judgment you have for yourself when you look in the mirror and how you nitpick all your flaws. If you do that at 250 pounds, I guarantee you are going to at 150 pounds. It doesn't matter if there's a 100-pound weight loss. You will still have that same conversation with yourself. You've got to change how you think and talk to yourself. That is one of the biggest keys we have to work on. So how do we make it easy then? Number one, your process. You need to create a simple process that feels doable. Okay, it allows you to eat the foods that you enjoy. So you're not following somebody else's diet rules. You get to decide what you want to eat more and less of. And this is a philosophy that I teach is it doesn't have to be good or bad or off limits or never can I ever. We just want to look at what do I want to eat more of? What do I want to eat less of? And I do this for myself too. Foods will change and swing back and forth. Especially when I started, I wanted to eat less snacky foods and more meals. Because what I found was that I would have lunch and then I would snack and then I wouldn't be hungry for dinner. So then I would keep snacking through dinner and I would just keep eating my way through the night. (laughs) 
And so I wanted to eat less snacks. I wanted to do less popcorn, less jerky, less protein bars, less chocolate. I still could eat those things, but I just wanted to do less. And I wanted to do more meals. I wanted to do more vegetables, more chicken, more rice and quinoa and sweet potatoes. You get to decide what are on your lists, what goes on your plan. This is part of what makes it easy is allowing yourself to eat foods that you like and foods that you enjoy. And then when you make 1% improvements and you focus on those small steps that actually matter and you watch out for thoughts like this isn't good enough, don't let your brain lie to you. You get to eat the food that you love and you get to go out and do things that you enjoy and go to the water park and have a vacation and go to the pool or the beach or the mountains or go and do things, go out to restaurants. You get to live your life and have fun. That's what this is about. And the beauty of it is that when you are focused on having fun and creating more fun in your life, you don't need your fun to be in the food. We don't need our food to be the primary source of our fun for the day because we are out there having fun and making memories with all these other areas, with all these other activities and things that we're doing. This is how we make it fun. We make our life fun. And then the weight loss will feel fun (laughs) because you're doing fun things and you are thinking about it in fun ways. But this simple process has to feel doable. This is why I give everyone a framework of here are the things to focus on. Here are the steps that you want to be taking. And then when it comes to the actual food, every client is different. And we work on what their more and less lists look like. What specific foods that they want to eat and what goes on their plan. They get to be in charge of that. They get to decide what they want to eat day by day. I am not up here beating you into submission trying to get you to eat certain foods. That's not my job. I'm not here to just follow you around and smack cookies out of your hand. Hey, if you want a cookie, eat a cookie. There's nothing wrong with cookies. But let's not only eat cookies. Let's have one or two instead of a dozen. Let's be really aware of why we're eating that cookie. Are we emotionally eating it? That's what we want to be on the lookout for. Next, how do we make it easy is with our thoughts. We want to look for thoughts that inspire you into action. So thoughts like, I can do this. I will figure this out. Or I'm committed to figuring this out. Thoughts like, I'm open to trying new things. Or 1% better is good enough. These are the kind of thoughts that are going to get us the results that we want. Not things like, oh, this is happening so slow. I should be further along by now. I wish I looked as good as so-and-so or I wished I lost as much weight as she has. That's not going to get you where you want to go. That's not going to create the results that you truly want. Let's focus on what thoughts will. They don't have to be pie-in-the-sky, amazing unicorns and rainbow kind of thoughts. We just want to make them realistic and to inspire you into action, to have you feeling committed, right? This goes right into number three, which are feelings, emotions that get you into productive action. So feelings like committed, unwavering, ease, fun, open, curious. These are the kind of emotions that are going to get us to take action in a way that feels good for us and that feels sustainable. My word for the last two years was unwavering because I wanted to be unwavering in my belief in myself and my ability to lose weight and emotional eating. This year, my word was ease. Because last year, I felt like I was getting a little flustered and life felt a little chaotic. And while I was making progress and seeing lots of results, 
it just didn't feel as easy. And I was making it harder on myself than I needed it to be. And so this year I have been really focused on how can I create more ease? How can I be more open and be more curious? That has been such a productive, useful energy for me this year. There is ease and allowing 1% to be good enough. Okay, so we want to look at emotions that get you into productive energy. It doesn't have to be super high vibe. It doesn't have to be this super amazing, oh, you feel so excited and I'm super motivated. We don't need these super high energy emotions. We need emotions that will create sustainability for us. Okay, so we can allow ourselves to feel any emotion. I can feel disappointed. I can feel frustrated. I can feel angry. Whatever it is, I can feel it. I don't have to fight it, resist it, or distract myself with food. But I'm also not going to sit in shame, judgment, or inadequacy and think that I'm going to create positive results from that because I'm not. I can allow myself to feel the shame. I can allow myself to feel inadequate. I can feel it in my body. I can breathe through it and I can move through it. And then I can choose how I want to feel on purpose. I can choose to tell myself a new story. I go back to some of these thoughts that are going to inspire me into action. These are the key pieces of how we can make weight loss easy. We make it easy with our process and creating a simple, sustainable process where you're not trying to follow anybody else's rules. You follow your own process. You create your own that works for you. You have thoughts and emotions that inspire you into action and keep you moving forward. The way to be consistent is by making our weight loss easy. It's making it fun. It's making it doable. It's making it realistic. It's not having these expectations of because you were able to cut out sugar for six months, five years ago, that now you should be able to do that again. If that's something that you truly want to do, by all means, go for it. But if you're really struggling to do that, it's probably not the right thing for you to do right now. And that's okay. You don't have to give up sugar in order to lose weight. You don't have to give up sugar in order to end emotional eating or to stop binging. We don't have to give these things up altogether. In fact, the more we try to give them up without tools for how to work through any of that, the harder it's going to be and the more backlash we're going to create for ourselves. Because the restriction does not get us what we want. Just taking away the food doesn't solve the problem. The reality is most of us are given portions that are bigger than what we need. We might even portion food out for ourselves that might be more than what we truly need. And often we're eating faster than our brains have a time to sync with our stomachs. So we really just want to use this as an opportunity to tune into our bodies. This is part of how we make weight loss easy because it's not just what we eat. It's that we're stopping when we're truly satisfied. And the only way we can do that is if we really let go of the restriction and we heal our diet trauma and we overcome and end our emotional eating and our binge eating. So if this is something you would like help with, then I would love to chat. You can schedule a free consultation at www.bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. And let's set up some time to talk about what this would look like for you. I want to help you break through all the diet rules to bust your way out of this diet jail that has held us hostage, not just with the process, but with the thoughts and feelings about ourselves that have only fueled our inadequacy and our shame and judgment and self-loathing. Here's to creating the life and body you crave.
If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.